It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Can you just go ahead and um, play something? Let me just, I want us to take, take advantage of this moment. Because I heard some real uh, stories in my group. And this was definitely a God moment. For some of you that showed up, that pressed in this morning. Some of you that didn't want to be here. The last two years, the enemy has used this pandemic in so many different ways. Not in the, in the form of, of sickness, but to isolate you. And I'm going to be honest, one, this morning, I, I had to decide to come to church. I had to decide. I heard that from five people that you pressed in to this moment. Listen to this. That when the enemy isolates you, so it doesn't attack your salvation. You believe in God, right? You can be at home. You say you could, but you will never, ever fully walk in the purpose of God because of your isolation. And I want you to know that because he uses it to depress. He uses it to take you down into this dark place where it's hard to get out. And because of that, you never ever walk in your purpose. So I want us just to take this moment, because it's not just a few of us. We show up at church, and we look good, right? It looks like everything is okay, and it's not. So we can just pause in this moment, and whatever it is for you, Whatever it is for you, I want you in this place to give that to God. Because this is a God moment for you. It is your moment where he wants to let you know, I hear you. Nobody else saw it. You showed up every Sunday. I am here for you.
just take this moment to give and let's just call it out that depression the spirit of isolation the spirit of suicide that dark place that loss that separation not just a physical illness but that emotional mental illness that has attached itself to your life to cut into your purpose to cut into God's plan he can't take your salvation but he can steal your purpose now he can get that in this moment let this be the amazing God moment that brought you here that when you leave this place you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God heard you that place where nobody else knows that place that you keep so close to you God heard you. And he showed up on this July morning for you. Because he heard you. As we get ready to pray, as I came in, one of the members shared with me that someone that was a close friend that he found out was actually a cousin committed suicide this week at work he asked him how you doing and the guy looked back at him and he said man I don't know and how many of us maybe you're not at that point but you've isolated to the point that you have killed off relationships you've killed out killed off the idea of your life getting any better but I'm so grateful that God loves you enough that he knew that you would come to church today that you would tune in and that you would be met by God in this most intimate way. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And I don't know where you are, but God knows. I don't know how big the mountain, but God knows. One thing I do know that it's impossible for the spirit of God to come into a place and that place to remain the same. It's impossible for the spirit of God to come into your situation and your situation to remain the same. That's why the enemy has isolated you because he doesn't want you to know that the Spirit of God coming into that situation will change that situation. But we're so grateful that God's providence and God's sovereignty allowed you to be able to be in this space so that the Spirit of the living God would enter into that space and whatever is not of God, whatever is not from God would be cast out in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that you're not some distant, far away God, but you are a near and present God. You promised that you would never leave us and that you would never forsake us. People forsake us. Family forsakes us friends sometimes walk out on us but you said you would never leave us and that you would never ever forsake us and that means God that where you are anything that's not of you cannot remain 
where Jesus is present, that means depression cannot remain. Where Jesus is present, we know that sickness cannot remain. Where Jesus is present, brokenness cannot remain. And so, God, we pray in the name of Jesus for a miracle right now. We don't know who's listening, but you know. And we pray right now, God, that you would invade the darkness with your light. That you would invade the places that have been so filled with the enemy's presence with your mighty anointing. And we know that the anointing of God breaks and destroys every single yoke of bondage, no matter what it is. God, you are almighty, and there's nothing that you cannot do. So heal what is broken. Lift up what's been bowed down. Uh, bring out what's been uh, bound in the name of Jesus. And God, would you right now lift up somebody's spirit in such a way that they know that I've been with God today. It's because of God that my head is lifted. It's because of God that I can hope again. It's because of God that I can trust again. We give you glory for what you're doing and for what you're yet to do. God, we thank you for every mountain that we get on, but even the valleys sometimes, we thank you that you walk with us through them. But the valley is not for always. Yea, though I walk through it, we're not going to stay in it. And so we thank you for those that are coming out of the valley right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we don't wait to see the outcome to give you the glory. We don't wait to see the outcome to give you the praise. But those of us of faith, we know how to call those things that be not like they already happened. So God, even though we may not see the situation change yet, by faith we praise you that it is so, that it is changed. And so we give you glory. Let the redeemed of the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord say something to God. Would you just tell him thank you? Would you just tell him, God, I give you glory? Would you just tell him, God, I give you praise that you are at work, that you are almighty? Hallelujah. And so, God, we thank you so much for these opportunities to hear these testimonies. And we're so grateful that what you do for one, you will do for another. You're not a respecter of persons. So everybody that was in a group and heard a story and they wondered, well, when is my story going to happen? Thank you that you're not going to bless one and then not turn around and bless another. We are all your children. And so we give you glory for what you're even yet to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, give him praise. Oh, I didn't say clap for me. Come on, give Jesus praise. Would you give him glory that he's an ever-present help? Give him praise that he is the lifter up of your hand. Would you give him praise that he's the encourager of your soul? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where you are, I know for some of you, you're wondering, why do we make so much noise? What's all of this noise about? Where you are, we've come to know that as children of God, it is right and appropriate to give God praise. You know, when people win games, they shout about the people winning the game, right? Uh, when, when people's favorite team wins, they give praise to the team that wins. Ain't no team ever paid a bill. Ain't no team ever healed my body. Ain't no, ain't no athlete, ain't no performer ever saved my soul. But when I think about Jesus and how good he's been to me, I can't help but give him praise. So if anybody loves him, if you don't mind, if it's not too difficult, if it doesn't cost you too much, would you just give him one more praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
we have the opportunity to worship God in song. And you are also grateful that it's not a spectator time. When the worship is, is being lifted, it's not just for us to watch the people playing and singing, but we are to be a part of that. So let's all worship the Lord together as our worship team leads us. that you're not going to start failing us now. Thank you so much, Lord, for the confidence that we have in your faithfulness. That we don't put our trust and we don't put our confidence in anything other than you. And we are so grateful, God, that you have moved mountains. Help us remember the mountains you moved. Sometimes we'll forget that you you moved that mountain a few years ago. You made a way out of no way a few months ago. And we thank you that you'll do it again. And so, God, we give you glory and praise for your word, which continues, Lord God, to change us. It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It doesn't return empty to you, but it accomplishes what you purpose and please. So, Holy Spirit, would you give us ears to hear and hearts to understand that we would be conformed to the image of Christ and there would be more of what he has called each and every one of us to be. And it's in the name of the faithful God that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give Jesus praise for being a faithful God? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm so excited and so grateful for so many good things that are happening today. And for those that are online that are worshiping with us, we're so grateful for you. We really mean it. We know that there are options that you have, especially online, to be in a million different places. And the fact that you're connecting with us, we're so grateful. And again, for those that are physically with us here in our sanctuary, we're so grateful. If you're visiting with us, you're not a member of our church, would you just wave at us to let us know that you're here? So grateful. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, come on, let's give our visitors a big citadel welcome. So thankful, so thankful. You all, uh, I pray, and I'm so grateful for Minister Cheryl as she shared, but I, I pray that we're just not um, familiar with, with holy moments, uh, that we're not familiar with sacred things. Uh, I think sometimes we can just think, oh, I'm going to church. I'm just going to hear somebody singing and somebody else going to talk after that. It's not that. Uh, we're, in, we're experiencing and encountering God. And, and God is in the songs of worship. God is in the living word that is proclaimed. Uh, believe it or not, God is in the fellowship of the saints. The Bible says, listen, listen what the Bible says. Where two or more are gathered together, I'm in the midst. He didn't say where one is gathered. He said where two or more gather together, he's going to show up in even a greater way. We know he's with you individually, but he says when you come together, I show up in a different way. And so you are. We're grateful that God is here. And I pray that we're never familiar so much so that we miss the miracles of God in our midst. Uh, several months ago, I started wearing this bracelet. 
and I made a commitment to God in prayer and fasting that I would not take this bracelet off until the miracle that I believed that he would perform on Ryder would be done. And let me just share with you all, we have a miracle working God. You better hear what I'm saying. Let me, let me tell you this. Let, let me say this. Let me say this about all the people who don't clap that hard. If this was your baby and your baby had a death sentence and all of a sudden now your baby has a life sentence, you would be running all over this church. You'd be tearing. The, come on, don't look at me like that. You'd be tearing stuff down. So I don't need you to clap like you're not grateful, even though it's not your child. Are you grateful for what we're about to hear? I want Mrs. Washington to come, if you would, and, and, and would you come at this moment and share some updates. I shared with her. Uh, now listen, we don't need to make any announcements now if you don't want to, because we're going to have a party. You hear me? We're going to have a part celebration. Cel we're going to do all of that. Uh, and all the people that came to do bone marrow uh, donor trans, uh, you know, to, to donate, we're going to invite those people back and we're going to have a, a, a stone. I mean, we're going we gonna to dance. We're going to cha-cha slide in Jesus' name. We're going to do it all. But I want you to hear some updates about what the Lord has done from his mom. Good morning, church. Good morning, family. Um, Ryder is home. Our boy is home. He is feeling good. Uh, we just got word back from the doctors that his bone marrow is 100% my husband's. So there is no traces of MDS, which was the rare blood disorder that he had been diagnosed with. And let me just tell you, there were some long days and some even longer nights, and every once in a while I get a text or uh, a message from one of you and it just meant the world uh, to us and our family. And there were some long nights where Ryder would just lay there and he'd cry and he wouldn't move. And um, there were a couple of times where he called out the Lord's name because we were a praying family. So he was praying and just to hear your son, your six-year-old son weep in pain, it just would bring me to my knees. But uh, last week, he was in the hospital and we started to see him perk up and feel better. He had started to eat and um, request some of his music that he liked. He was doing a little dancing in the bed. And he told the doctor, he said, get me out of this baby dress. He said, I don't want it anymore. And get me out this bed. I'm not sitting in this bed anymore and get me out this baby dress. That's what he called the hospital gown. He said, get me out this baby dress. And my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, this boy is ready to go home. <laughs> He's feeling good. So thank you all for your love, your prayers, and support. Our boy is home. Thank you. Stay here for a second. Wow. Come on, somebody. Can we give Jesus praise? Listen, you all, there's not been one time I have seen this mom with an attitude problem. There's not been one time I've seen her dad, his dad, just upset at the world. I know that there are moments that they were, 
I know that there are moments that they probably didn't always have a smile on their face. But I just want to say to all of y'all that's going through so much that you can't even come to church while their child was dying. They rarely missed a Sunday. And when they showed up, they didn't have an attitude. They were smiling. They were giving God praise in the darkest place that they could have ever been. And if they can do that where they were, then what's our excuse for not giving God our best and giving God the praise he deserves? And so we just want to say to you what an example you have been to us of elegance, of faith, of unbelievable Christian character in one of the darkest times that any parent could ever go through. And so whether you knew it or not, you were ministering to us. And you were showing us how to show up. And so can we pray for them again just in celebration of what the Lord... Would you extend your hands toward them? Would you extend your hands toward them? Father, we thank you so much for this family. We thank you for your hand of protection, your hand of healing and deliverance on Ryder. We thank you, Lord God, that only you could have done this. Here it is. The answer was in the house. We were trying to figure out where we were going to get the donor. We're going all over the place trying to figure out how we could get a match and found out that daddy was a match. And then found out that daddy's marrow was so potent that they normally have to get a whole, I think, liter or something. They only needed a little bit because his bone marrow was so powerful. And then as it went into Little Ryder's body, God, it doesn't always take, but now 100% of his daddy's marrow is inside of him. And God, that sounds a little spiritual to me, that God, sometimes we, when we connect with you, 100% of your nature can be inside of us. And so we give you glory that whatever disease that was on Ryder can no longer be there because daddy's blood is in him. Whatever attack that was coming at his life can no longer be coming at his life because daddy is inside of Ryder. And we thank you that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper because Jesus you have brought daddy to us and God's blood and God's presence is running through our veins and so thank you for writer's example thank you for these parents example and we give you glory for what you've done and what we are yet to do this family ain't done yet because there's some stuff that they're going to do that's going to change the world for your glory in Jesus name amen and amen come on give him praise Amen. 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 So, so excited you all about what God will be doing. I, I want y'all to prepare because, like I said, we're going to have a celebration. We're not just going to let that just be an announcement we make. We want it to be a party, and we're excited about that. want to keep in prayer our, our own Sheila Ireland, who has been recovering, and uh, just ask that you all will continue to lift up Dr. Sheila Ireland in your prayers. She had an uh, unfortunate accident and has had to have some surgeries and is in recovery. And for any of you all that know Sheila, she is a faithful, faithful, faithful member, loves the Lord, loves this church, and uh, I ask that you all will continue to keep her in your prayers. Also, just want to always acknowledge and, and celebrate our amazing preachers of the gospel here at this church. Come on, somebody. 
Amen, amen, amen. I am so grateful, you all, that they're not just filling in, but they are individuals that God has anointed and called, and they are equipped and well able uh, to communicate the gospel. So for all of our ministers and for all of our teachers that are teaching in Grow Hour and helping us with our midweek Wednesday night Bible studies, so many of you all that are carrying the gospel and doing the things that God has called you to do, uh, we are so grateful for that. Uh, I have been... Uh, uh, traveling quite a bit and I'm getting ready after church to go to our denominations camp uh, Portage Lake Bible camp they have a family camp during the summer and I'm gonna be preaching close to 15 times uh, this week so will y'all pray for me uh, that I don't like run people away from the faith uh, with not making sense I pray that God would be uh, with us let's pray as we approach the Word of God together father thank you again for uh, what we've experienced the testimonies that we've heard the worship that we've Lifted. Again, we pray in this moment that your word would speak to us, that God, you would give us insight, that we would understand why we do the things that we do, and also the importance of taking a moment, God, to just pause and to celebrate. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You all, I am convinced that many people uh, are in the Christian church and many people will identify as Christian, but there are many things about Christianity we just don't understand. Uh, many people have grown up in the church and maybe because of uh, ritual and because of doing it over and over again, you kind of feel acquainted with some things the church does, but then the question will be, well, why do they do that? Uh, what's, the, what's the reason behind that? Uh, some of these things uh, that are sacred to the Christian church are called sacraments. Sacraments. Sacraments, you all, are things that Jesus instituted, that Jesus uh, proposed, that those who would follow him would do uh, in his name. Many of you know that on first Sundays, it's not the only day that you do it, but on the first Sunday, our church chooses to come together as a community of faith to remember the Lord's death, to remember the Lord's burial, and remember the Lord's resurrection. Jesus said it. You'll oftentimes see this sometimes on different uh, church furniture or church communion tables. It will say, do this in remembrance of me. And the reason that, that it says that is Jesus actually said those words. He says, as often as you eat and as often as you drink, and after you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do this to remember me. Why would Jesus say you do this to remember me? Because Jesus knew, just like we do, that if left up to us, you all, we would forget God. It, all right, let me put it this way. How many of y'all know when you have a birthday, you want everybody to remember your birthday? Uh-huh, yeah, you do. As a matter of fact, some of y'all are so into your birthday that it's not a birthday. Come on now, you know I'm telling the truth. Now, I don't know what this new, fan, I don't know what this new phase is, but it, it, it's not a birthday. A birthday is not enough for you. You need a birth week. Come on now, you know some of y'all, this is my birthday week. Come on, don't, don't look at me like that. This is my birthday month. Some of y'all have a whole month. I'm, I'm a fat, you know, and you will carve out the whole week. Uh, some of y'all take off work, right? Extra days to celebrate your day. And it's a day that's significant because it's the only holiday that we could actually call your day. And, and we call it birthday, so we, every year we remember and we're grateful for another year of life, right? Well, Jesus knew if left up to us, our proclivity would be to forget 
his sacrifice, forget the passion of his decision to die for us, forget the fact that he was buried, forget the fact that he was resurrected. So Jesus said, listen, I want you to take uh, uh, some bread and take uh, a cup, and I want you, as long as you all are following me, as often as you eat it, as often as you drink it, do this to do what? To remember me. We call it a sacrament of the church. Now, you all, I'm not going to get any political water, but I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a pastor of a Christian church. So my, my worldview comes from the scriptures, and my worldview comes from the Bible. And so when God uh, instituted, and God instituted marriage, God, uh, when he instituted marriage, he literally said, I want this to be something that is sacred. And the Bible says you leave your mother and father, you cleave to your spouse. And so that is another sacrament of the church. So we have baptism, I mean we have uh, communion as a sacrament, and we have marriage as a sacrament, sacrament, sacred to God. But you are, I'm excited today to also share about baptism. But before I get into that, you all, I, I just wonder how many of us take the time, listen, to celebrate the stuff that you've done right. Most of us are so focused on how far we've got to go, how much we fail, how much we don't do, that we rarely take time to pause and say, you know what, it's good. And I say that because you all, part of ritual, part of ceremony is not just always present, but also remembering the past. And looking back over your life, we sang the song, Great is Your Faithfulness to Me. Uh, I've seen you move mountains in the past, and I believe that you'll do it again. And it's important, you all, to remember what God has done to get courage and faith for what he will do. To remember how God has moved in the past that would then in turn give us encouragement for what God will do in the future. So I want to just talk for, from this subject. Uh, it's good and going public. Say, say that would be, it's good and going public. So you all, in the book of Genesis, I'm not going to have you turn to it, but in the book of Genesis, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the scripture gives us some pretty amazing insight as to how God viewed working and how God viewed uh, the things that he was doing. Indeed, every time God created something, you all, every time God made something, he paused at the end of his creation and did something consistently. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to share these verses with you. Just write them down. Down if you want to uh, do it. Genesis chapter 1 verse 10 it says God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas and then God saw that it was good so as God created things you all he took a moment listen just a moment now to say I know I got a lot more work to do I know it's a lot of things that are not yet complete but I as God now am going to pause to look at what I just done and what I've just completed and take the time to pause and say that's good and most Christians, you all, most of us, we beat ourselves up so much because there's always a new mountain, right? There's always a new challenge. There's always something else that we are yet to do. And so many times we get so disgruntled because we haven't checked that box and we haven't achieved that goal that we don't pause long enough to say, you know what? I may not achieve that goal. I may not move that mountain. But you know what? That mountain ain't there no more. And I did achieve that goal. And so God, if he 
he can pause enough to say it's good, then so should you and I. But you are not only in that scripture, but look over in Genesis 1.18. It says, uh, he, he made sun and he made moon to govern the day and the night and to separate light from the darkness. And again, he said, and God said, it is good. In verse 21 of Genesis chapter 1, so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird, every winged bird. God made every winged bird. Now listen, y'all, I know y'all believe in the Big Bang and y'all believe that we climbed out of the primordial sludge and we evolved into all of these things. And listen, I, I, I'm not going to argue with, with, with how you think, but all I know is if that is what happened, then God was behind that too. The bottom line is that everything that is, God was behind it. Every winged creature, every fish, every insect, every living thing, God made it. He said, and God created it and every winged bird according to its kind. And what did he do? And God saw that it was good. And then uh, Genesis 1.25, God made the wild animals. Yeah, God made the wild, he made the porcupine and he made the cougar and he made the black panther. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And again, God saw that what? It was good. Uh, verse 31 of Genesis 1. And God saw all that he had made. And, and this, he made man last, right? And he made man in his image and gave you and I, gave humanity dominion over everything that he created. And look what he said when he made man the crowning achievement of his creation. And God saw all that he had made in verse 31 and said it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning and that was the sixth day. You all, God took time to pause and say that's good. And so, you all, we had a chance in our small groups and even online to have testimonies. And you know what testimonial service is or testimonial moments? It's time to pause and talk about the goodness of God. Now, you may not always have a circle that you can get in. You may not always have a group that you can get in and have a facilitator to say, okay, so let's talk about or let's hear your story. But let me tell you something. You don't need a circle of people around you to be able to talk about your story. You don't need a facilitator in place to talk about what God has brought you through. But my prayer is that each and every one of us, because a tool of the enemy to discourage you is to make you think that this current mountain is bigger than the mountain that he moved before. The enemy's strategy is to make you think that this current situation that you're in is so big and so great that it's greater than the previous situation that God has brought you out of. And I'm just wondering is there about two or three people that would just remember that God has brought you out of some mess before. Uh, listen, I'm talking, some of y'all, I'm talking show enough mess. Some of y'all should have been under the jail. Uh-huh. Some of y'all should have been the father or mother of many nations as much as y'all were knocking the boots with folk you didn't know. Some of y'all should have had every kind of disease known to man but God. Some of y'all should have been an alcoholic. As much as you drink Hennessy, as much as you drink, you should 
have been somewhere strung out somewhere. As many clubs as you've been to, as many places that were dangerous that you've been to, but God protected you and God kept you. Some of y'all kids are crazy as the day is long, but God has been watching over your daughter and God has been watching over your son and God has been keeping your baby and you got the nerve to not look and pause and say, God, you've been good to me. Some of y'all should look at your own health. You came through COVID. You might have caught it, but you're still here. Listen, some of y'all have been through so much, but God has brought you through it all. And I encourage you that no matter what the mountain is, no matter what the circumstance is right now, the same God that brought you out before will bring you out again. And you need to pause and say, he's been a good God. Hey, come on, come on, somebody. Is there anybody willing to pause for a minute? Don't play with me now. And just say, God, you've been real good to me. Oh, my God in heaven. Do you have a house? Do you have food? Do you have shelter? Are you able to come in on your own? Did you walk in here by yourself? Do you have the presence of mind a little bit? Then God has been good to you. Oh, the devil is a lie. I don't want anybody in here to let the devil believe that what he's doing at you is greater than God. I don't know what mountain you got in front of you, but I've seen a whole bunch of mountains at the bottom of the sea because of your faith. And if the same God that moved that mountain in 1985 and moved that mountain in 2001 is the same God today, then the mountain that you're facing, he's going to move that too. <laughs> Tell somebody next to you, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Listen, you all, we, we got to pause and talk about our story. <laughs> our story. Listen, y'all, your story is not always filled with good times. It's filled with some challenges, isn't it? Your story is not always filled with happy days. But your story does have happy days. And if the enemy would do his job, listen, he will paint the picture that your life is all a bad day. And it's not. You've had some good days. Remember that song? They always sing it at funerals, don't they? I'm like, why they got to sing it only at a funeral? I've had some good days. I'm like, I... I <laughs> I'm like, well, they dead now. They ain't complaining about nothing. They dead. <laughs> Listen, you all, I, I, I just want to encourage you to take a moment and pause and say, you know what? My kids, it's good. My kids, it's good. My, my, my job, I got a job. You know what? You prayed for that job. Remember, you walked around the building seven times. You remember that? Lay hands on the bill. This is mine. I can't stand her, right? It's good. And no matter what station, no matter what challenge, no matter where you're at on your journey, if God can be the example for us by pausing as God and acknowledging, you know what? That's good. Then surely we can do the same. Let your story be peppered with good. Let your story be filled with also the good so that you do not end up looking back over your life and looking and tallying up all the things that weren't right 
instead of remembering the stuff that, that was right. There's a song uh, that is called Butterfly Kisses. It's a song about uh, marriage and, and a dad giving his daughter away. And it says, out of all the things I've done wrong, I must have done something right. And you all, I wonder, in your life, as much as you've done wrong, you've done some things that are right. And to God be the glory. And listen, and if you don't celebrate you, nobody will celebrate you. If you're waiting for somebody else to celebrate you and give you a plaque and give you a hand clap, you may never get that. And so sometimes you got to just pause. Listen, God, God said, look, I, don't even, I ain't even no people here to celebrate me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to celebrate myself. God said, it's good because <laughs> ain't nobody else here to tell me. So I'm going to tell myself it's good. And you need to sometimes know that it's not about who's going to acknowledge you and who's going to, you know, give you your kudos and give you your credit. Listen, it's nice when people do that, but sometimes people won't do it now. And if you're not careful, you will go through life with none of that because you would not have learned how to celebrate your own story and to say it's good. But you all, I want to just kind of turn the page and go into understanding the, the, the power of ritual and the power of why we do what we do. You all, uh, when people go public, it means that what has been done or what has been uh, received or what has been experienced privately, now they want others to be knowledgeable about that. Uh, in business, you all, on the stock exchange, uh, there are companies that have been around a long time that decide to say, now we want to make this a public option. We want uh, more people now to believe in what we believe in to the point that they will become investors in our idea. And so now we're going to become an IPO. We're going to go public with our business. And they go public with that, hoping that other people will believe in that. For y'all that are on Facebook, and I'm not, I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. Uh, those that are on it regularly, some of y'all, <laughs> I was going to say some of y'all change your status regularly, uh, but, but, but some people will change their status, right? Uh, I, I was once uh, single, now I'm in a relationship, right? Because now you want to go public and let, let everybody on Facebook know that what is experiencing uh, privately, I want everybody to become aware of that. Well, you all, this is what baptism is. And for many people, this is probably uh, one of the most confusing things uh, that many people try to understand uh, as relates to Christianity. Why do I need to be baptized? What's the reason for baptism? What's the purpose for baptism? As a matter of fact, what's the purpose for going to church? What's the purpose of prayer? What's the purpose of communion? What's the reason that we got to do all this stuff? Watch this now. I, I can have God in my own way. How many of y'all ever heard anybody say that? I, I got God in my own way. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, no, no, you cannot have God in your own way. Uh, you may have God uh, in a relationship that you have with him and it's yours, but you cannot say that, I'm, listen, I'm going to make God be what I want him to be. And I'm going to make the things that God has asked me to do what I want to do. So if God asked me to do this, I'm going to be like, well, God, I know that's what you want. But you know what? I have my idea about what I think you want. So I'm going to give you what I want you to have versus what you asking me to have. Uh, how many of y'all have kids? How many of you all have ever asked your kids to do something and they did something else? 
Now, they may have done something else that needed to be done. However, it was not what? It was not what I asked you to do, right? Take out the garbage. I made my bed. Your bed has nothing to do with the garbage. I asked you to take out the garbage. Now, you did make the bed. That's a good thing, but that's not what I asked you to do. There are many people, you are listening now, there are many people that have made God be what they want him to be. And they said, based on what I've made him to be, I also am going to do what I think he would ask me to do. And the things he's asked me to do and the things he's told me to do and the, and the very nature of who he is, I, I don't want to receive that because that might not be comfortable to me. That might not be convenient to me. And so therefore, I will choose to not do that. And so you all, baptism is one of those things. I cannot tell you the statistics of people who uh, are believers in Jesus Christ, who believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to get to God, but for whatever the reason, have never decided to be baptized. Uh, they've never decided to be baptized. Or here's another category. Or there were people who at one point in their journey, uh, when they were little, they grew up in church, and their mama and their daddy said it's time to be baptized. And they went ahead and they got baptized because that's what everybody else was doing at that age. And so there you were as a little kid going in with the other kids, and you went in the water, and you were scared the water was going to get in your nose. You wasn't thinking about nothing about Jesus other than the fact I'm just being baptized. Baptized, and so you got baptized, and if somebody asks you, were you baptized? Yeah, yeah, I was about seven. Yeah, I, I was. Did you understand what you're doing? Uh, not really. I really don't understand what it was about. I really don't understand anything behind it, but I know that's what my parents asked me to do, right? And so there are many people who, with good intention, do churchy things, but don't understand why we do it. Pastor, you keep saying that we need to come to church. Why do we need to come to church? Uh, we got the internet, and that answers everything. I mean, I'm able to hear you. I'm able to hear the choir. I'm able to uh, do that. You all, it's a great thing to get content, and it's a great thing to get information. That is what the internet is for. It's accessing information, but you cannot access community. And you cannot access relationship while you are actually accessing information by itself. Now listen, for those that are online, this is no slight to you. This is no insult to you. I'm so grateful that you're doing that. For some of you all, you can't get here because of some physical restraints, some, some maybe challenges where you can't get here. So we're cool with that. But for those who say, you know what, I feel isolated. I feel alone. I feel like I'm not in relationship. I wonder who even misses me. I wonder what's going on. Maybe that's because you are choosing to not be in the fellowship of the saints and the scripture says the bible says god says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together which some do and so god says i don't want you to forsake coming together because uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to go camping this this coming week and one thing i've learned about camping you cannot make a good fire without the wood being close together you got to have the wood close together uh, and then allow the embers to be able to create a roaring fire. And for some of us, the fire of our faith is not in full glow and full steam because we are not connected to the other parts of the body that can ignite the thing in us that we need most ignited. 
And so you all, that is why we go to church. We have communion so we remember the Lord. So why then, pastor, do we have baptism? I'm glad that you asked. Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, tells us the last words of Jesus Christ. Now listen, you all, when somebody's giving you their last words, that means this is something that they consider to be extremely important and extremely uh, valuable. And so we find these last words of Jesus. Now listen. As you're turning to this, realize that when Jesus gave these last words, this was a commandment to his disciples. And he said, I want you all to remember a few things as you get ready to go out and to represent me in the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want this to be the mission that you end up using as the church. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. And I want you to baptize them, right, in my name. So Jesus says a few objectives for the church. First of all, go. Don't stay, don't huddle, but go. Pastor, why is Citadel always trying to go outside somewhere? Why can't we just stay in one place? Why can't we stay in the building? Because God told us to go. He didn't say gather. He didn't say stay. He said to go. Now, sometimes we got to gather to go, but we don't gather to stay. Go. And the reason why many people don't know about God is because God's people are not going, but the world's people are going. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Listen, y'all. <laughs> the world is always going to be trying to find a new group of people to reach, and they're actively trying to engage them. Are you following me? Beyonce is going to drop a, a song whenever she can, and once she do it, everybody like, ah, Beyonce, you can't break my style. You can't break my style, right? Some of y'all don't understand I just said. Beyonce drops a song, you can't break my soul. And people who don't even know what a soul is are in the club telling me, you can't break my soul. And they don't even know that their soul is broke. Why are they backing it up talking about you can't break my soul? The point is, her, her willingness to get her idea of soul out, it's hitting the whole world. And she even says, I'm bringing my own salvation. And I'm bringing my own vibration and, and P. Diddy said at an American Music Award, I want y'all to put a vibration out. That's God. He just said it at the last American Music Award. Uh, I need y'all all have the same vibration. We're creating God in the space. I believe P. Diddy loves Jesus. I really do believe it. I believe Beyonce believes in Jesus. But you all, if we're not careful, we will take the world's messaging and the world's idea of vibrations and the world idea of the better angel and the world's idea of evolving to my better self and the world idea of salvation and missing what thus saith the Lord. Why? Because the church is so busy being in the building, finding out who's preaching this Sunday, that we're not going to to people who need help and need encouragement and need love and need God. Go! Tell somebody next to you, go. Where do we go? Into all the world. <laughs> and to who? To, to only black people. To only people in my economic group. To only people in my academic, but no, no, no. Go ye into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every ethnos, to every kind of person. And then make disciples of them when you get them. 
So what is this sermon? This sermon is a discipleship sermon that you would understand why we do what we do and not just do it because it's been done, but have an understanding as to why you're doing it. The Bible says in all of your getting, get an understanding. Don't just come to church and say, oh, I guess it's baptism. No, why? Why are we taking the bread? Why are we taking the cup? Why do we go out? Why do you always talk about the Bible? Why? Because he said go, and then once you go, go to everybody, and once you get them, make disciples and baptize them. Well, pastor, why in the world would he say baptize them? What is so significant about baptism? What is the big deal about baptism? I'm glad that you asked. Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Listen to this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So he says those of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ. You all, uh, we believe in baptism by immersion, and we do that here at Citadel of Faith. Now, there's some traditions that do it other ways, but, but, but we do it that way. Now, let me say what, what baptism is not. Baptism is not what saves you. Okay, please hear this. Baptism is not what saves you. If baptism is what saves you, then that would be salvation by works. The Bible says we're, we cannot be saved by works. We can only be saved by faith. And the joy about being saved by faith is that that's what I believe in my heart. That's what I believe in my soul. That's what I confess with my mouth. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you are saved. So salvation, listen, does not come by anything that we do other than accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that is why I tell people all the time, they say, well, if you're saved, you got to speak in tongues well uh, to, to, to be saved well no I don't have to speak in tongues because to me can I tell you the, can I tell you the exhibit a of who is saved that didn't do any of this stuff the thief on the cross the thief on the cross said to Jesus Jesus I know who you are and you know what I, I want to be a part of your kingdom as a matter of fact remember me when you come into your kingdom and so Jesus said today you will be with me can I tell you what the thief in the cross did not have to do he did not have to kiss the, the, the ring of, of, of Jesus he did not have to go to Jesus church and start volunteering he never spoke in tongues and he never got baptized but he was saved and if baptism is uh, what is required to save you, what about people who don't have no water in other countries? What about somebody that can't talk at all and can't speak in tongues for you to verify that they're saved? Listen, you all, salvation is a faith and not by works. So then, if then, pastor, being baptized doesn't save us, then what is significant about it? Well, Romans 6 said it. It, it. it is a picture and a parallel of what happened to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was what? He died and was buried. 
and was resurrected to new life. And in the same way that Jesus died and was buried and was resurrected, then he says you and I in baptism, we symbolize and we mirror what happened to Jesus. As you go under the water, you're saying, you know what? My past is under the water. Uh, my background, my sinful past is now under the water. The water is not saving me. It is now an outward sign of an inward commitment. I'm wearing a wedding ring. If I lose my wedding ring, I'm still married. But the wedding ring tells everybody I'm not ashamed that I'm married. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to know that I'm married and I'm going public with my private decision. And so when you get baptized, you say, you know what? I accepted Jesus in my heart. I love him in my spirit. But now I want to go public with my faith. And I want my homies to know. And I want my homegirls to know. And I want my friends to know that the same Jesus that is inside of me and the same Jesus that I made a commitment to in my heart, now I'm going public with my faith and I'm putting a ring on it. All right, since we're talking about Beyonce, Beyonce said, if you like it, and if you think it's all of that, then you should have put a ring on it. Come on, don't look at me like Single ladies, don't look at me like that. Right? If, if, you really, if, you really, if you're really into me that much, then you should have put a ring on it. Well, God is saying to the Christian, if you're into me that much, if you claim that you love me that much, then you should not be ashamed of me in front of other people. He said, if you disown me in front of people, I will disown you in front of God. And so is there anybody he's asking that's willing to go public with their private faith? I'm willing to put a ring on it. Come on, somebody. I'm willing to let everybody know that what I love and private I can also love in public. Exodus chapter 12. Just note this down. I'm not going to turn to it. Exodus chapter 12, verse 25 and 26. One thing I love about the Jewish people is their commitment to tradition. And the Bible says that God gave specific instructions as to how they were to have this thing called the meal of the Passover. And in the Passover meal, you all, they would have all kind of elements that reminded uh, them of when they were brought out of the bondage of Egypt, right? They would have on the table unleavened bread, bread that was made without yeast. And that was made because it was made in haste. They had to get out of Egypt quickly. And so they made this bread that didn't have any yeast in it. It's called unleavened bread. That's on the table. But not only that, there are these herbs that are bitter. And every time they would taste the herbs, it would remind them of the bitterness of slavery and over and over again at this table would be different elements that would remind them of what God had done in the past and the Bible says and just notice when you get a chance to read it what it says in Exodus chapter 12 verses 25 and 26 it says and when your children listen and when your children ask the question what does this mean you can tell them what happened and you can tell the story and indeed it is that tradition that is passed on for every Jewish family as they sit down at the Seder meal. They're reminded from generation to generation to generation about how God delivered their great, 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 greats out of the bondage of Egypt. And so God is saying for those of us that are Christian, 
When we choose to be baptized publicly, we are sending a message when somebody asks us, what does it mean to go in the water and come back up again? What does that mean? And we take that opportunity to say, I'm glad that you asked. It means that in the same way that Jesus died and was buried and was resurrected to new life, since I am in him, I am now doing the same thing that he did. I'm now choosing to say I'm dead to sin and I've been resurrected to new life in and through Christ Jesus. Listen, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I'll never mess up again. What it does mean, however, is that the blood of Jesus has forgiven me. And what it does mean is that I'm made right with God. What it does mean is that sin no longer has dominion over me. What it does mean is that death no longer has fear for me. Death, where is your sting and grave? Where is your victory? As a matter of fact, when I die on this earth, I will instantly be in the presence of God to be absent from the body present with the Lord no more death because I will not ever have a second death and so what does it mean when you go into the water it means that everything that the devil had over me he no longer has over me every lie every generational curse everything the enemy said that I could not be now is buried in the water and when I come up out the water guess what it means I'm coming up not in my own strength I'm coming up not in my own power I'm coming up not in my own ability but I'm coming up in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I may not be all you want me to be, but God by his spirit is making me what he wants me to be. And when you come up, you come up a new creation in Christ Jesus. Is there anybody grateful for baptism? It's a public sign. I'm going public with it. I'm not going to keep it a secret. I'm not going to hide in the corner. I'm not going to be a 007 saint. But God has been too good to me. And God has been too good for me to keep it to myself. Is there anybody here grateful for what God has done for you then if you don't mind and if it's not too much in the 22 seconds we got left can you give God the best praise that you know how to give him thank you for raising me up thank you for giving me a new beginning thank you for burying the old me thank you for putting the old me under the earth thank you God for resurrected life hallelujah and so you all today, we get the opportunity to baptize some candidates. Oh, hallelujah. There's no greater joy for me to find these individuals that are coming to go public with their faith. And what I love about it, we got them from young to mature. I'll put it like that. Uh, it doesn't matter the age. We got young people that have called me up on the phone. Pastor, I want to be baptized. Isn't that something? That a 12-year-old boy in this current society where boys are, are deciding to be everything but men of God. Where boys are deciding to be drug dealers and gangbangers. Here's a 12-year-old boy saying, guess what I want to do? I want to go public with my faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, come on somebody. We got a young girl who says, I want to go public with my faith in Jesus Christ. And since my mama is a preacher, I want my mama to baptize me because I understand that my mother has raised me up and trained me up in the way that I should go. Now that I understand it, I want to be baptized and I want my mama to baptize me. One of my armor bearers, he's like a son to me, got married, they had a baby. And I'm so grateful today that his wife said, I'm ready to go public. Y'all don't know her. She's private. 
She don't be talking to people. She don't be hanging out with a lot of folk. But she said, you know what? God has been too good to me. And God has done too much in my life for me not to go public with the decision that I've made. But then I'm grateful for a person who has been with this church from the day that we started. I'm so grateful for y'all that's come along in the journey. But when I first got here in 2003 and we were over in Abyssinia and we were having Bible study in the afternoon on Saturday and we didn't have church on Sunday, guess who was there with her mama? This lady was sitting there every single time we met, opening the word of God. And I've seen her year after year become stronger and stronger and stronger in her faith. And she said, you know what, Pastor? I've been baptized before, but I didn't really get the revelation that I understood stand now and I want to be baptized again so I'm excited today Citadel oh come on somebody that we get all of these people that are saying I publicly want the world to know that Jesus is my savior come on somebody is there anybody grateful that God is still saving God is still redeeming And so I want to encourage those of you that have never been baptized. My prayer is that maybe a little clearer understanding about what it is and what it isn't might help move you in that direction if you feel led. Today is not the day, but we're going to be having many more baptisms. And my encouragement to those of you that have never been baptized, but you love Jesus, that you go public. You know, I'm going public because he's been good. And as I look back at the goodness of God, I need to go public with how good he's been to me. And my prayer is for that. For those of you that have never accepted Jesus at all, this is an opportunity for you to begin the journey. And how do you begin the journey? The Bible says real simply, Romans 10, 9, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you can be saved. You can be a part of God's family. That can begin the journey. And so if you've never done that, no shame. None of us are born saved. We have to be born again. And so if you've never accepted Jesus, ain't no judgment. Or maybe you did accept Jesus, but for whatever reason, you maybe fell away. But guess what? You can come home today. And so every head bowed, every eye closed, those that are online, same. If you know that you've never given your life to Jesus, what does that mean? You've not surrendered your will to his. God, I can't keep doing this on my own. I can't run my life. I need you to run it for me. Would you simply right where you are? If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you, he rose for you, would you just simply say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and as my Lord. If you say that prayer to Jesus, guess what? He hears you. For every one of you online that said that prayer, Jesus heard you. If you're here in the sanctuary and you said that prayer, Jesus heard you you and now the question is will you be willing to walk with him he's walking with you but will you be willing to walk with him God thank you for those who are online who said Jesus I accept you thank you for those here in the sanctuary who said the same Jesus I accept you as my savior God would you walk with each of these your children that they may be all that you created and called them to be God, we love you, we honor you, and we bless you.
One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith dot org. All one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together one person at a time.